Hello, everybody. Just a quick heads up before we get started. Normally, we keep our podcast PG-13. However, given the subject matter that comes up in the movie, Bridget Jones' Diary, it's going to be a little bit more R or geared towards a mature audience. So just a little heads up before you start listening. Okay, thank you. I'm Dawn. And I'm Colleen. And this is Austin and the A-Train. Ah, yeah. So, Colleen, we are talking about Bridget Jones's Diary. Yes, Bridget Jones's Diary. So, this is the first, this is fun fact, the first modern Jane Austen adaptation that I think I ever saw. And it was because, ironically, my dad was the one who recommended it to me. Even though it's a rom com, you probably, and if you guys knew who my dad was, he does not look like the type of guy who would ever watch rom-coms, but he was like, oh yeah, it's just based off of Pride and Prejudice, and you like that book, and I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, what? And uh, the way I like to put it is, it's the type of movie, it's like, it's like Jane Austen without the social commentary, and personally, I find it, like, I think it's a good British romantic comedy. I have thoughts on it as far as a Jane Austen adaptation go. Dawn, what are your initial thoughts before okay. we dive right in? So I would like to say, I have never seen this movie before this week. <laughs> uh, and it was always one of those movies that people were like, oh, you should watch it. This is a movie you would like. Because I definitely do like those early 2000s, especially like mm-hmm. the rom- like rom-coms. Like that is definitely my thing. And one of my favorite podcast hosts is obsessed with Bridget Jones. So I was excited to watch it. If you guys can guess which podcast person I am talking about, I'll be really impressed. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I was like excited. And it's I have many thoughts. Mm-hmm. Some of them are great and some of them are like, oh boy. But yeah, it is definitely like, it doesn't feel like Jane Austen, but I love it. Like <laughs> at the same time. Oh my god, I'm looking at the Wikipedia article for this, and it's just kind of funny, because in the previous episode we were talking about Pride and Prejudice, the BBC miniseries adaptation, and how that adaptation inspired Bridget Jones, and it's just really funny to know that, because it says, like, in the Wikipedia article... That it's based on, so it's basically based off of a book that was based off of an adaptation, uh-huh. based off of Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. It's just like you can, when you watch the movie, if you know that, you can tell. So this is the synopsis on Wikipedia. If you don't mind me doing this now, yeah, Dawn, go for it. I, like I, I can't figure out how to describe this movie for somebody who hates romantic comedies be, because. It is such a romantic comedy. So anyway, so the adaptation stars Renelle Zwelliger. Zwelliger. Okay. Um, Bridget Uh, Jones. (laughs) Renee Zellweger. Ah, Zellweger. There we go. Renee Zellweger as Bridget Jones, a 32-year-old English single woman who writes a diary which focuses on the things she wishes to happen in her life. However, her life changes when two men vie for her affection. Colin Firth, Hugh Grant, and Jim Broadbent, and Gemma Jones are featured in supporting roles. I'd say that about hits the nail on the head. Yeah, that hits the nail. Okay, just as some other things is, there was a book for Bridget Jones as well. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Which was a 1996 published novel. And it is written in the form as if it is her diary. Uh, We did not read the book. We just watched the 2001 film. We'll see if we dive into the actual book version. But I can't imagine, like, 
I'm sure the book is is fine and it's fun. I can't imagine this as a book. I feel like romantic comedies, I always I tend to like the movie more than the book. Like, that's how I felt with Devil Wears Prada, and that's how I felt with Confessions of a Shopaholic, where, like, the movies were just so much better. I can't speak for Bridget Jones, though, like, so don't quote yeah. me on that. Yeah, I think I read a book that was, like, a romantic comedy. It doesn't have a movie adaptation yet. I wouldn't be surprised if it gets one. I'm just, it was called The, Propo- it was called the Proposal. Um, it was on Reese Witherspoon's book club. But I'm trying, so I'm trying to find the author because I want to give the author credit. Uh, yes, it was by Jasmine Guillory. So if you're into, um, if you're into romantic comedies and like reading and are kind of sick of staring at blue lights, I recommend The Proposal. But let's talk about Bridget Jones. Um, <laughs> but welcome to our uh, romantic comedy podcast. So, we'll get there eventually. Uh, anyway. So here is actually, so I'm just going to do my like stream of conscious summary. Mm-hmm. As long as you're okay with this, Colleen. That's okay. Okay, so Bridget Jones is, like, a woman child who isn't really successful in her career, doesn't really care about her career, is, like, a casual yeah. alcoholic and, like, chain smoker <laughs> who, uh... Yeah. Who all she... Who is single, does, apparently doesn't mind being single, but also complains about being single the entire time, and then proceeds to, like, to date kind of get sexually abused by her boss and ends up like screwing around with him i have a lot of things to say about that this would have not shown this this did not age well in 19 years no um and her parents like get a divorce because her like her mom rubs off the jewelry guy with a fake tan and yeah oh my god it's insane and then, basically, this guy who clearly was not the scoundrel turns out to be just fine. He is the prince. I love Mark Darcy mm-hmm. so much. And they end up okay in the end. Yep. This was pretty, my... Pretty fucking great. This was the Dawn stream of con- consciousness. Yeah, I'd say that's about right. Um, it's pretty stereotypical 90s movie. Wait, I had, like, a list of things from the 90s. That were just, like, really... Thrown in. Really, really obvious. Like, hold on, where is it? Oh, yeah, there's, like, the job interview montage that's so from the 90s. There's the woman gets broken up with and then decides, like, you know what? Fuck this. I actually love that. I loved that montage of the oh, job no, interviews. Oh, I love that, too. Honestly, I think the third part of the movie... Like, the last third of the movie is where the movie is strongest. Like, leading up to that, you're kind of bored, but then it's, like, when she breaks up with the bad guy, Hugh Grant. I don't remember his character's name at all. I think oh, it I was, kept like, on referring to Denver? him as... I think it's Daniel Cleaver. Yeah, Daniel Denver. Daniel Cleaver, and I kept on thinking him of... I was like, alright, so this is our Wickham character. Okay. Yes. He's such a Wickham, but it's so funny because Hugh Grant... Hugh Grant trying to be the bad guy and trying to be, like, sexy were just so funny to me. Like, I think at one point they're in the car and he tries to do the... But oh, he just, like, I'm just like, please stop, please stop. Oh, my God. Oh, no. my gosh. I think that's on page... I think that's on page two of my notes is, like, that, like, the... Rawr. was just like with the things it was just so gross it was just so bad oh my but god I, I would love to get like wine drunk to this movie I feel like it's it's a very it's a good rom-com in that sense 
So I would like to state for our viewers at home, um, this is relevant, I promise. I, I clearly watched this without realizing that I was doing a true ode to Bridget Jones. Um, I have pet guinea pigs that, so in order to get exercise, they run around my kitchen, and so they, they get used to me. I sit on the floor. I promise it's relevant. I watched this in my PJs, drinking beer, eating yep. leftover, and eating leftover pizza while on my kitchen floor. And I feel yep. like Bridget Jones would approve It's so what much. she would have wanted. It's what she would have wanted. Exactly. I'm a little disappointed we didn't get um, wet shirt Colin Firth again, but we, but got, we got like wet shirt. We got, yeah, we got wet shirt Hugh Grant, which I guess is like a close second, but whatever. Um, oh, I found my list of like '90s things where you have like the crazy lip sync scene in the beginning that was so freaking cringy. I love that. Super, oh yeah, it, no, it was hilarious. You know what's funny is Renee Zellweger, Zell Zellweger, Zellweger. I can speak words. Um, she actually plays Ju- played Judy Garland in the biopic from last year, and she's she's such a good actress. And I, uh, like she's in Chicago, and she won awards for that. Like she's a really good actress. I feel like because she was in this movie, people didn't take her seriously as an actress for a while, and this yeah. ju- it does not showcase her strengths. Like she does a great job, but like she is a really strong actress, and it just didn't show that off enough but anyway okay so back to my list of super 90s things so we got the crazy lip syncing scene we had the bad karaoke scene we also had the clumsy af heroine because oh my god can this woman walk in a straight line without embarrassing herself or flashing everyone (laughs) there are so many french points i know it's like like the scene where she's she goes down the, the, the fireman pole and, and she shows oh everybody gosh. her butt. But that was also, like, I felt bad because she was blaming herself for that. It's just like, it's whatever idiot put the camera there. Like, that well, was so clearly gonna happen because of fucking gravity. Also, she works, like, the TV channel that, like, she works for now or, like, the network, it's clearly very sleazy. Like, mm-hmm. they were expecting that kind of thing. Especially because, like, I mean, it's had, like a morning show. It's like... yeah. It's not super well, no, I think serious. It's, I think it's afternoon. I think it's oh okay. Yeah, so it's like, it's like sit up or whatever. It's like a three o'clock in the afternoon news, which is like okay, yeah. that's not getting to that's not getting the crazy amount of airtime. Uh, yeah, back to nineties things. Um, the casual office sexual harassment that nobody seemed to care about, and the oh. pretty boring cinematography. Um, yeah, things that happened in the nineties. Um, yeah. The thing that I mentioned that is very, like, 90s-esque was, like, the close-up of the kiss with that, like, starry, fuzzy kind of background. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. Add that to the list. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, if we're looking at Bridget Jones, so, coming back to, like, Bridget Jones, because we have to talk about her, is everyone says, like, oh, my gosh, like, such an icon, such an icon, and I... I... Well, no, it even says, I think, in the Wikipedia article, and I've definitely heard people refer to Bridget Jones as, like, oh, such an icon, is that she actually is a cultural icon for Britain, which is Uh, fine. Like, okay. I believe that. Which, like, I understand, like, sure, she could be London's, like, I always thought of her, like, that she would be London's Carrie Bradshaw, but, like, even with Carrie Bradshaw Mm. is, yeah, she makes some, like, stupid mistakes, like, she's clearly way too obsessed with Carrie Bradshaw's way too obsessed with shopping and getting and, like, 
just dating and whatnot, but she mm-hmm. is successful in her career at least. Whereas yeah. like Bridget Jones is just kind of stumbling along. Like yeah, it's not. Well, I mean, again, it's not until like a third of the way through the movie where she's like, you know what? I actually don't even like my job. I'm gonna get a new job, and it was like a really big moment for her. I have but, thoughts yeah. about her switching industries, actually. Really? Yeah. Is so kind of. This actually segues pretty closely into what I kind of want to... Is comparing... I think we have to compare Elizabeth, the original Elizabeth Bennet to Bridget Jones. So, the original... So, Elizabeth Bennet, if we're both talking about Karen Knightley's performance as well mm-hmm. as the 1995... I have to look up this actress's name because she deserves the credit. Um, yeah, I can't remember her name either. Just Lizzie Bennet. Yeah. Even, like, yeah. both those portrayals as well as the way that Jane Austen wrote Lizzie Bennet is, like... She's extremely witty, and she is and she's the extremely, girl. Mm-hmm. She is the girl who gets it. By the way, the actress's yeah. name is Jennifer L. And she is someone who is well to do in society, and she is someone that is successful in her society. And mm-hmm. I feel like Bridget Jones isn't. And so it's like all of the appeal of Lizzie Bennet of like mm-hmm. I'm the girl that is like that she like. We all want to be as witty as Elizabeth Bennet. Yes, she mm-hmm. feels more down to earth because her sister is prettier. Yeah, um, like her sister is the perfect child. Her sister is the Mary Sue, and then Lizzie Bennet is not. <laughs> yeah, but like that's why we we love Lizzie Bennet. Whereas with mm-hmm. uh, Bridget Jones, is she's stumbling around so much, and I feel like I would have. A pre- I feel like I would have accepted like some of her stumbling around more if she was like 26 or 28. Yeah, but she was like 30. She's 32. Which is like, okay, it's if you're stumbling around and trying to find yourself at 32, that's fine, but I don't I think you have to th- try to be on Bridget Jones level of stumbling around. Yeah. Like she does not the only thing that she has going for her is she has a little bit of wit when she's writing. Yeah. Her wit comes out when she's writing. Yeah. So the reason why I'm, I'm curious about... So in the movie, she switches industries. Like, she starts working at a book publishing house, Pemberley Press, and then switches to the... She becomes essentially, like, a news anchor, which... Um, I have friends who work in journalism, and that's, like, nearly impossible. So how the hell she did that? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, 90s magic. Uh, yeah, basically 90s movies magic. Just kind of, like, how... Why was Emily sent, why was Emily in Paris sent to Paris in the first place? Because yeah. movie magic. Oh yeah, like yeah, Emily in Paris. Like, why did they send the assistant to Paris? Are pregnant people not allowed on planes? Like, right? Like that was that was pretty ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah, it's 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 just never easy to switch industries. Like I know a lot of people who've tried to do it, especially if you've been working. Like she's thirty, so like. If you think about it, assuming she went to college, she probably graduated when she was, like, 21, 22. Uh So she's been at the same job or, like, something similar probably for, like, eight-ish years or so. Like, almost a decade. So it's, like, it's really hard, especially, like, the further along in your career you get to just jump ship and switch industries. But I, I like, I also appreciate how they kind of reference that this place was just kind of desperate for people. Oh, they totally did. Um, oh, yeah. And I loved that, like, first job interview, like, oh, yes, I'm, like, I'm so great about, like, I, like I'm like i very invested in current affairs and want to keep everything in. Like, okay, so what's this current affair? And it's like, uh, uh, 
Oh, I love teens. Yeah. Like, I just really love making sure that, like, children have good quality content. <laughs> children also, are the future. Oh, so you, do you have children? And she's just like, God, no. Why would I do that? <laughs> Hell no. Kids are a pain. And at the end, she's just like, so why would you want the talk? And she's like, I need I to slept, leave my job. I slept with my boss, so now I'm leaving my job. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason why I'm interested about her, like, switch, and maybe it is different in the book, again, I haven't read the book, is all of her wits and, like, the good qualities about her come from her writing, come from, like, when she's writing in her diary, when she is, like, even though, like, the the Daniel Cleaver emails, like, are kind of icky because it's her boss and, like, Oh my god, those are so cringy. Also, those, that, oh, okay, I have thoughts on that scene because that email sequence was clearly written by someone who's never sent emails, like, within their company before because if I sent emails like that, just, like, an email with not, not even with, like, a full sentence, my boss would be like, are you good? You, can you try again, please? Thank you. Oh, especially, like, Yes, but, like, on Bridget Jones's side, like, they do come across, like, across as clever and funny. Mm-hmm. So when she is writing, she has oh, yeah, she's the wits. Yeah, which is kind of, and, I mean, I think um, Mark Darcy even points this out when he has his whole, like, I think you're a terrible public speaker, but, like, you're pretty funny and you're cute. Um, but it's like, yeah, she is a terrible public speaker. Why the fuck is she in journalism? Or broadcast no. journalism. Yeah, like I, t- if she had like switched to being like writing for a tabloid or writing for like some newspaper, I totally would have bought it. I think yeah. it's just because she was so terrible at like public speaking. Like, didn't know yeah. to turn on a microphone and just yelled, "Oi, oi!" Yeah. Which, by the way, last year I was like in a similar situation where they didn't turn on my microphone for, like, a presentation I was giving. And I had to present um, at this, like, big theater in New York City just using my, like, high school musical theater projecting voice. (laughs) And I was able to get across just saying Bridget Jones. I think you can learn how to project. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, she did learn how to do that. Just, like, she just shouted, Oi! Super classy. Uh, I feel like a lot of the little, like, classy, like, classism under classist undertones I guess would be the phrase in this like just like how she conducts herself and how she talks to people were kind of lost on me the first time but I will say that scene that party scene where she's trying to like turn on the microphone and she has to yell that was like a plot line out of Jane the Virgin because like how many plot how many cringy moments are in like shows like that with like a, a heroine who's like pretty capable but kind of clumsy or kind of awkward so I think my thesis statement is Bridget Jones walked so that way Jane the Virgin could fly the end thank you for coming to my TED talk please don't leave the podcast please don't exit out we're not done yet (laughs) I was just trying to be funny my theory is because so they got rid of the other sisters for this movie which is Mm -hmm. yeah they just made her an only child right no, she has, like, two other siblings, but they never show up. Uh, Apparently, yeah. none of the other ones care about their parents' divorce. Um, <laughs> no, the other. I mean, as somebody who's, uh, I mean, like, not that my parents have gone through anything like that, but, like, I've seen 
the way my parents, like my both my parents come from pretty large families and there's usually like one child who's around to kind of take care of all their parents stuff because the rest of the and the rest of them just kind of depend on that one child who lives close by. So I've seen that happen to, to my parents where they're they're usually the one. My mom is usually the one who is stuck like that. So, yeah. My theory is because I feel like Bridget Jones acts way more like Lydia than she does like Elizabeth Bennet. So it's like she, they, I feel like she tried to combine like Lydia and Elizabeth Bennet. Mm-hmm. And it just like, it kind of works, but I, it's, it's its own story. I feel yeah. like it's clearly like based on Pride and Prejudice a little bit. Yeah. But it's. it's Mm-hmm. It's a it's, decent British yeah. com, British rom com, but it, I don't think it's a very good adaptation of Pride and Prejudice because you're, you're right. Like they and they also lost like it wasn't so much like they they lost the social commentary and replaced it with like her just being really awkward and having like v- word vomit all the time and, and I, just yeah. Yeah, and then the other thing that I think is what I love about Pride. What I love about most stories that I love um, end up usually having these really funny side characters. Like mm-hmm. my per- one of my personal favorite romantic comedies, Notting Hill. No one cares about the romance, Notting Hill. It's all about no. the weird, the weirdo friends. Yeah, and, like, I couldn't care. Yeah, I couldn't care less about Hugh Grant getting the girl. Sorry, Hugh Grant. Although that line of "I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking." Asking her to love me gets me every time. Like, forget oh, really? the rest of the romance. I I'm love just that an line. asshole. I make jokes about that all the time. I'm just a girl standing here asking to order pizza. Okay, that's fine. But I'm an asshole and Dawn is not. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's our trailer for this podcast. I'm an asshole. Dawn's a hopeless romantic. Will we ever agree? Probably not. Stay tuned. <laughs> I mean, okay. With Bridget Jones, I don't... Like, I... Like... Her, they made her friends pretty quirky, and I just wanted more of them. Like, yeah, I definitely wanted more of them. I wanted more of Judy, I think, who is played by the... I'm pretty sure she's played by the same person who plays Morning, Morning Myrtle, because Britain only has, like, ten actors. And, Jam, and damn Judy Gent was not in this. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, there is no Lady... Yeah, so, yeah, the differences between this and um, Pride and Prejudice, there is no Lady Catherine. There is no... Mr. Collins, uh-huh. there's, there. She doesn't have a sister that's trying to get pimped out by the mom. She's the one trying to get. She is just all of the sisters, basically. Yeah, she's totally all of the sisters. And then I, I kind of liked the story of like the mom running off. Yeah, I like. I wanted more of like the mom. There was another plot line where oh, um, like Darcy's girlfriend who ends up being his fiance, like at mm-hmm. the end. Like, I wanted more of her being a little conniving. Yeah, I wanted her to be bitchier. I, w- I really want them to, like, remake this movie with Renee well. Renee Zellweger. Renee, whatever her name. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. She's a great actress. I only know her. Like, I just remember her as British uh, uh, Bridget Jones, and I, I never remember her actual name. It's, like, the opposite with Hugh Grant, where I have no idea what his character name is. I just know he's Hugh Grant. Oh, it's fu- um, that's funny because I actually yeah I didn't recognize that it was Renee Zellweger like I, I like her in um, I like she's Renee a, Zellweger she's amazing in Chicago 
Yeah, I love her in Chicago. There's mm-hmm. like a few other movies that I have seen her in yeah. that I loved her in. Oh, I think, didn't she do a performance of A Little Night Music for a little bit? Mm-hmm. Yep, she was in that too. She is yeah. a spectacular actress. And I feel like she just was not used properly. I, don't, I thought, I don't know. I thought she was great. Okay. Oh, no, I think she 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 did a great job, but I feel like they just didn't use her strengths with her. Like, they were trying to go for the, oh, look at her. She falls in, like, her skirt rides up. Oh, my God. Let's laugh at the poor lady who's accidentally flashing everyone. Yeah, I think, but I think, like, her little, like, during the email montage, which mm-hmm. I liked and I didn't like because I liked the fact, I liked the writing tool of, okay, so here's where we're talking about, like, the Austin-esque adaptations. I liked the mm-hmm. writing tool where they were trying to, like, do the whole, like, this is based on Austin thing. Because rather than writing properly, like, how you would have needed to back in, like, Jane Austen's time, or speaking properly, there's, like, the entire time they're saying ridiculous things. They're still using corporate speak. Yeah. Which I don't, like, it was really gross. <laughs> It was gross because it was, like, her boss being like, mmm, your skirt's too short and your tits look great. And it's like, mmm, dude, you are already known as the womanizer of the fucking office. Yeah. He's an HR lawsuit waiting to happen. And also, Mm -hmm. like, that book sounded terrible of, like, that they were producing Kafka's motorbike. Kafka's motorcycle or motorbike or whatever. That just sounded so bad. And then he was like, the company is in trouble. It's just like, well, yeah, you're putting out trash like that. Of course it is. So sad. Oh, my God. Okay, so let's talk about her mom. Because I feel like her mom was kind of supposed to be, like, Lydia. Because she runs off with the jewelry guy. And then comes back. There were a lot of funny elements to this movie. Like, that scene where she's, like, demonstrating the cooking appliance. And it's, like, the egg where you insert it. Oh, my God. And it's, I, it's the the wisecrack where it's the egg oh. and you insert it. And then you, like, pump it a couple of times. And then it... It's a peeled, hard-boiled egg. Yeah, it's just... Oh, my God. It was so gross. It was so funny, though. I was like, this is so phallic. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. My brain was really innocent because I was thinking about when I was a little kid and, like, Saturday morning... This is awkward. Saturday morning when, like, all of those, like, crappy TV... Like, made-for-TV ads that were, like... Mm -hmm. Uh, just five installments of ninety nine ninety nine for this yep. egg peeler you're never gonna use. Like, yep. um, oh yeah, like that. That's definitely one of those two. But I was also just like, oh my god, this is a that's what she said joke. I didn't even. That did not I have, That's why you're the hopeless romantic and I'm the asshole. We've discussed this, Don. We did not discuss it. We're both just like this. People are going to be like, this is such a funny character Colleen puts on. It's not a character. I'm sorry. I feel like there's at least seven people in their cars right now going, oh, honey. Oh, baby. Oh, sweetie. (laughs) Yeah, I did not register that was phallic whatsoever. Um, Okay, well, you know what? Honestly, you're better off. I I hope there are some people like me who did it. Okay. Um, I mean, it was, like, funny if you didn't know that, but then it, it was, like... It's like when they make the the sex jokes on the nanny, where it's like it's funny on its own, but then it's like another layer that made it like a little bit more funny. 
I wish they would have turned up the volume on her voiceover because it could have been such a cool effect. But she was like mumbling the whole time. She was just like, oh, and you know, I'm only down to three ciggies a day and, um, and we're, we're having sex all the time. Blah, 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 blah. And it was just like, what? Girl, speak up. What are you saying? See, I liked the whole, like, her voice of being, like, Bridget Jones, this is my voice. Like, I liked the tone of it, and I liked the yeah, quality of it. Yeah, but it was so quiet. I was like, yeah. what? what are you saying? I felt, I felt like I had to check my ears while I was watching it. Mm-hmm. So, talking about her mom, I like the storyline of her, like, mom running off as, like, an empty mm-hmm. nester, being like, okay, mm-hmm. you guys are done. I don't think your father loves me, so I'm gonna go off with this guy who has a fake spray tan. And by the way, yeah. I think I agree with her dad in the sense that I think throughout the movie, they gave him more and more and more fake tan. I'm pretty sure they did, which is hilarious. Yeah, oh my god, and that scene where, like, the mom was talking about her sex life, and she's like, Mom, please stop, oh, please stop, please stop. Also, can we talk about how her mom called her on her birthday to talk about that and not to wish her daughter a happy birthday? Like, how wrapped up in your own shit are you to not remember to wish your daughter a happy birthday? The guy she hated for several months remembered. I know. And you gave birth to her and you did it. Honestly, I I thought the mom plot was really funny, but I also feel like it lifts right out. Like, I... It didn't really seem to affect the main plot at all. Yeah, it didn't really seem to. I The thing is, I liked it, and I liked seeing, like, her dad, because her dad was genuinely just, like, a little cinnamon bun. Yeah, her dad was, oh, her dad was a little nugget. Mm-hmm. Also profi- plays a professor from Hogwarts. I forget which one. He does? Yeah. Oh, Britain okay. only has ten actors, Dawn. Oh, well, oh. That's Hold on, I gotta look this up. Yeah, I really enjoy it. I really enjoyed it. I think, like, the dad plot was, like, it was really sweet to, like, see these, like, two people fall apart. And, like, that's kind of where you got to see Bridget Jones, like, being delightful. Mm-hmm. Oh, bit. it's Slughorn, by the way. Oh, now I yep. see it. Okay. Yep. Okay. And then we have to talk about Mark Darcy. Because I think, so I, like, if I have to, like, put, like, my literary crushes, like, Mr. Darcy from, like, the book OG Mr. Darcy is definitely up there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, then would have to be the 2005, 2005 adaptation. Mm-hmm. Colin Firth, I like him playing Mr. Darcy, and I like seeing, like... I love Colin see, Firth. You can see Mr. Darcy's flaws in the 1995 version, whereas 2005 oh, yeah. version, not as much. But you can see the 2005 version would just... There, there were two co- different interpretations of the same flaws, where it's like, he doesn't talk to people. In 2005, it was like, he's awkward because he doesn't know any of these people. But in 1995, it was like, he looks down on these people because honestly, but honestly, I don't blame him. Yeah, and I think, like, in the book, you're able to take that interpretation. And you're able to, like, you see his flaws in the book, but you're able to interpret them the way that you want them, you want mm-hmm. to. I love... Mark Darcy, and I don't see as many flaws in him because he was so wronged. Like, yeah. Well, I see a flaw. I mean, he, like, just met this woman and, like, at a Christmas party or, like, whatever it was, the turkey curry feast or buffet. By the way, turkey curry just sounds disgusting. Oh, my God. British people, is this a thing? Can someone British t- people. Can someone, can someone enlighten us on this? I would love to know. If this is a thing, please stop it. 
because it just sounds awful. But I also just, you must keep in mind that I also just don't like turkey. Oh. So, um, like, there's British that. people. I like turkey. No, I won't Google it. I just want you to invite me in fa- so I can <laughs> see what this kind of insanity is. No, I won't Google it. You tell me. <laughs> I don't know. There's, like, some like some things you just don't want to Google. It's, like, no, that takes fair. the fun out of it. So, I don't know turkey I curry, see. I want to figure yeah. it out on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, I think my favorite quote from this movie, though, is it is a truth universally acknowledged that when one part of your life starts going okay, another falls spectacularly to pieces. Yes. And that is a mood right there, people. That is so true. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, that is so, so true. Oh, my gosh. I literally paused the movie to write that down in my notes for this because I I was just like, oh, my God. Is that true? I knew I'd heard that from somewhere, but I, I didn't realize it was from this movie. But I think about it all the time when things start going well and then something seems like it's going to go wrong. I'm just like, ah, fuck. I loved it so much. It was just so true. Oh, and it's so true. And also, I love, but like, there's like, and this is kind of the thing where I think we have to, I think it's easy to over criticize this movie because we, like, Colleen and I were alive in 2000. This isn't, like, 19... We're not mm-hmm. talking 200 years of a difference. We're talking 19. And, yes, there's a lot of differences. Mm-hmm. But it's not as bad. Yeah. But it doesn't... But, like, you're able... We're able to remove ourselves from the... Um, your 1809. We're not able to remove... Yeah. We we know what 2001 problems were like. There is a, it's so interesting because there is, like, how much... Think about how much the world has changed in, like, 19 years. When you watch a movie like this, it's like a time capsule. Or it's just like, oh, like, a boss talking like that to his, like, assistant? Well, Nobody was going to say anything about that? I always find that so interesting. And I feel like you, you kind of have to watch older media like that as like a time capsule and not something that's necessarily saying like this is a great thing to do like no it's not a great thing to do but like it was just a thing that happened and they dealt with it the way people at that time would have well and I think the thing that interests me more is kind of the similarities like where it's like the cozy pajamas and like some of the fashion like it seems like it would be today like Mm mm-hmm them having what they call, what the British people call, a holiday to, like, the nice estate and, like, Mm -hmm. on the boat. Like, I, like, I immediately thought of a time where I was kayaking. By the way, never drunk kayak ever. Uh, That just sounds like a bad idea. Well, you're a threat when you do that. You're not only a threat to yourself, you're a threat to anyone in the river. I remember when I, I went, like, whitewater rafting with my family once, and there were people on kayaks, and they were, like, they like the way they talk to the people who are kayaking like honestly kind of scared me because they were just like do you know how many different ways you could die let me tell you so you don't do the wrong thing and i was like oh <laughs> i am 12 oh my god oh my oh dear okay. i am a child i didn't go on the kayaks but i just like overheard people them talking to the people on the kayaks because there are so yeah. many things that could go wrong they are kind of canoeing though like it's safe yeah. for the most part. It's just again, you have to respect the water. You have you have to respect the river, and you have to respect the boat. And you they have were to not also doing try that. Not, you also have to, you know, like try not to kill people or bring them underwater, especially if you don't know they can swim. 
Hugh Grant with a cigarette, like, shirtless, just screaming out, I fucking love Keats, while, like, pounding a Budweiser. Oh, my God. I kind of love that. (laughs) Oh, my God. And, and, like, what I kind of loved about that scene was Mark Darcy, who, again, is a little cinnamon bun that I will protect with my entire being. Of course. um, He's, like, the way he looks over, he's just kind of, like... That kind of seems a little bit more fun. Meanwhile, his like stuffy girlfriend is just. Oh like, my god, she was so awful. stuffy. Yeah, she but was I, so stuffy. I the thing is, her. I like wanted more. T- I wanted to see more of her and like her. Oh yeah, like I loved to hate her. Like I wanted her on screen so I could be like, oh, you bitch. And I wanted her to insult Bridget. Like I really wanted her to just outright insult her to her face. I know that's not what Bridget. They're too I, British to do that. Okay, but Caroline Bingley figured out a way to do that. Yeah, well, I guess this is the closest to Caroline Bingley we were gonna get. Again, it's like, the pieces were there. It's like, it's like the pieces were there, but they just didn't put them together the way Pride and Prejudice would have been. So I would say it's more loosely based. I don't like it when people, like, the way this was marketed to me was it's based off, it's a modern Pride and Prejudice, which it is not. It is missing so many of the elements that I love about Pride and Prejudice. Like, I love the friendship between the the sisters and the social commentary on how women are treated. I did appreciate the commentary on how, like, when you get to 30, everyone's like, so, why aren't you married? What's wrong with you? Oh my gosh, the, like, I love that scene where, like, okay, I just want to have dinner with my friends, and people are like, so, why are more women single? And she's like, I'm eating rice. Like, oh my god. Yeah, that whole scene made me so sad because I always feel bad when, like, that, when, like, you have single friends and you invite them to parties because, like, I'm married, I have a husband, and, like, I'm always scared that, like, when I invite someone to a party, they're just like, oh, great, a smug married people party because, like, because, like, I'm married. Also, like, rule number one of parties like that, just don't ask your single friends about their love life. There's so much going on in other people's lives. There's so many other things. Like, I remember when I was planning my wedding, that was all anybody could ever ask me about. It always pissed me off because they'd be like, so how's wedding planning? I was like, it's going. Um, But I have about 10 other things going on in my life that I'd much rather talk about. Thank you very much. I haven't, or, or like people you haven't seen in a year, that's all they can talk to you about. Really? Yeah. It bothers me. I think... Well, this, like, brought me back to, like, when I was in college, when I was single, um, mm-hmm. and, like, at that point in time in college, like, all of my other friends, like, were dating someone, like, I wasn't bitterly single at that point, where mm-hmm. I was just, like, I need a partner, but it was just clearly very obvious, like, okay, I'm the only single one of my friends, and all of my roommates had partners, and they all lived in the same house, it was a lot, uh, do not recommend yeah. anyone in college right now, if you do not go into a roommate situation in which you have five roommates and all of them have partners, do not recommend uh and i just remember like after like a class one day like some of my friends who were like all like were just like oh my boyfriend drools on me when i sleep or like oh i wait like it was one of those like we're gonna complain about little stuff although drooling on you is pretty gross but like yeah it was just one of those like they were all like quote unquote complaining about like little things that are like "Ah, Mm -hmm. Having been having cuddles every night, oh, so much. Like, and, it, and I was yeah. just—I just remember rolling my eyes and being like, "I'm gonna walk away from this." <laughs> I'm gonna go. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. 
That was yeah. That that dinner scene was brutal to watch, especially especially when they were just like, oh, why can't why can't women ever just like like single women in their thirties just keep a man? And I it reminded me of when I went to visit my aunt. My aunt is single and she is living a great life. Honestly, she she spoils the crap out of her dog and her cats, and she has a nice apartment. And you know she's living life anyway. Um, she also loves to spoil her nieces and nephews, which is great, because I get all the perks. Anyway, um, so we were watching, I think, When Harry Met Sally, and my aunt actually commented on that, because, I mean, like, she was older, she's older than Bridget Jones, but, like, she's been Bridget Jones at parties, and she was talking about just, like, how awful it is, and when we were watching Harry Met Sally, um, because I think it was from around this time period, and, um... I think it was a few years before. Movies? Yeah, either a few years before or a few years after. But um, anyway, so that's something that comes up, I think, comes up in a lot of rom-coms that I think goes unnoticed, but it's how much we just pressure women to get married at a certain age, or how, like, if you're, like, if you're at a wedding, everyone's like, oh, <laughs> you're next, or, like, somebody gets engaged, or somebody has a baby, blah, 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 how much we just pressure women. Like, we never really pressure men like that. We yeah. always pressure women that, and for that, I'd say I appreciate that Bridget Jones brings that up, just the societal pressure. Thankfully, you know, it's not Jane Austen's time, so we don't necessarily have the financial pressure, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I appreciate when rom-coms bring that up, because I think it just adds another layer to the meaning. Well, I think, like, too is if like you look at the main themes of Pride and Prejudice it's all about Elizabeth just wants to find happiness Elizabeth Mm -hmm. just wants to find happiness in her life if you really boil it down is it's all about finding a happy marriage and like Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Bennet has to get married in order to survive she has to get in the original book and she has to get married in order to survive Bridget Jones doesn't need to get married to like in order to survive so I think there are ways in which Bridget Jones is trying to find happiness. She does not do it in the right way, but I think Bridget Jones, like, trying to find her own happiness. Like, she has Mm -hmm. the log of, oh, this is how much I weigh, this is how many cigarettes I had, this is how much I've been Mm -hmm. drinking. Because she... Which, we're gonna get to the weight thing in, like, a second because I have some hot takes on that. Um, Yeah. But... But, yeah, it's definitely the, I think this will make me happy. Like, if I lose 20 pounds, if I stop smoking, if I stop drinking so much. And it's, like, what will actually make you happy is a job you enjoy, is friends who don't make you feel like shit for not being married. Also, I noticed that all their questions, their question was never, what did he do? It was... Uh What's wrong with you? Why couldn't you keep a man? It just, ugh, it makes me Terrible. so angry. And I have so many thoughts, I can't pick one to say, except, yeah. ah! And then I think, because we were talking about this with Ashley last week, where for that first proposal where Darcy is like, oh, I love you, blah, 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 mm-hmm. It's also like, oh, like... Ashley made the brilliant point of, like, Elizabeth saying, that's not good enough for me right now. Mm-hmm. And Mark Darcy, which is why he may actually be better than Fitzwilliam Darcy, but <gasps> I'm not but. sure. I'm not sure yet. I would have to actually read the book. As um, <laughs> he says to Bridget, I like you just as you are. Like, Oh, my God. And then that scene the where she's... the first one. And then that scene where she tells her friends... 
and they're like, and do you hate this guy? I'm not gonna lie, when she, when she tells them that, and her one friend Judy is just like, he said just the way you are, not like, not he wishes thinner. you had bigger tits, or you, you wish yeah. you lost a couple of pounds, or you stopped less, drink, drink less. less, or whatever. He just like, see the way you are, and it was such a foreign concept, which is just, ugh, it makes me so it sad. Was, yeah, and like, how they like, joke about it at her birthday dinner, like, up oh, for Bridget, just as she is. And that's like when she, mm-hmm. like... I love the birthday scene where they're eating the blue soup mm-hmm. and it really sucks. And like, it her looks fresh- like frosting. It was. I love. It looks so bad. Okay, but that is an example of Bridget <laughs> being know. a li- like that whole scene and sequence was actually the perfect example of Bridget Jones being like Elizabeth Bennet because. Oh yeah. The relatable flaw is that she wants to cook a gourmet wheel, but she can't. She cook. doesn't know how to cook. And she don't know how to cook at all. So she yeah. tries so hard. And you know what? Like, her yep. friends come. Like, she's able to mm-hmm. give, like, be a nice host in that sense. Yep. And they all joke, like, okay, Bridge, we love you. Happy birthday. This sucks. And they're all <laughs> Oh, my God. To- that guy's face when he's like, there's another course? <laughs> what? I feel like everyone has that friend that, like, they can't cook. Oh, my gosh. They just well, yeah. can't. Okay. I also loved that, like guy friend who was like he had one pop single and that was oh it my and he God. was so happy with it like I want he more of that so happy. he was so happy with his life yeah I really wanted more of the friends they weren't featured like at all yeah and that's I would have like, gladly I would have gladly gotten rid of that whole like sex montage and like seen more of their friends yeah but um they like her being like them just like giggling at how bad of a cook she is and then like her Mm -hmm. just being like yeah I can't cook sorry guys like that is her I feel like that's her finding happiness Mm -hmm. like and it's just it's like showing her of like the kind of Elizabeth Bennet of like yep I'm flawed but I'm kind of witty and so it's fine I feel like this movie is more like you take a Lydia and she turns into a Lizzie Bennet because she starts out really insecure in herself. And to be fair, she has everybody telling her something's wrong with her. I mean, her, yeah. she walks in the door of her mother's house. And she's like, go change. You look like... like what did she say? You, you look like you just escaped from Auschwitz or something like that. Which, Meanwhile, like, I thought she, she had just a cute, wearing, yeah, she had she a cute was, outfit. Yeah, she was just wearing like, like cute little slacks and like a sweater. And I, I thought she looked nice. Yeah, and I hated the outfit that, like, they stuffed her in. Like, oh, my God, that outfit was so bad. But that was also kind of relatable. It's, like, when when your your mom is just like, oh, no, don't wear that. Wear this. And you're like, ugh, do I have to? My mom gave me so many of those kind of outfits, and I loved her dearly. She was a beautiful <laughs> woman. May she rest in peace. But there were some things where it's like, why did you do this to me, woman? Yeah, you're like, Mom, no. Yeah. I was, like, I was the only cousin to show up to, like, Christmas in, like, tights and Mary Janes, and so when I wanted yep. to play on the um, trampoline, that was, like, basically, yep. like, like nope. I can't do this because I'm wearing a skirt! Yeah. But, anywho, like, how he introduced, like, oh, I also love, like, the mom's introduction, like, you used to be, you used to swim naked in his paddle pool, like. I was like, why would you, mom, shut up! That was literally 25, 26 years ago, why are you bringing this up right now? Such a mom, such a parent move, I feel like. I mean, I'm lucky my parents never did that, but they've told me that their parents did that. It's like, 
Yeah. Oh, when people tell you, you were best friends with them when you were two. And I was like, that was when I was two. I have no memories from when I was two. Uh, I had fr- I don't think I knew what friends were at two. I don't think I knew the word. I, I, I have faith that you knew what the word friend was at two years old. I have faith. I probably uh, did. I don't yeah. know. But anyway, that's like Elizabeth searching happiness. And of course, like, okay, as much as we don't want, like, the Wickham character to spoil it, like, the Wickham character has to spoil it for the story to be good. So he yeah. does. Oh, yeah, definitely. And- oh, my God. The way he, like, betrayed her was just awful. Like, I forgot what I, I remembered what he did to Darcy but I forget what he does to her where like he just abandons her at a costume party where they changed what the they costumes the were theme. which also like everybody stares at her like she's a moron but it's like okay there's like five other people who showed up and didn't get the memo why is like she the only one getting also, any shit for this first of all okay I kind of actually wrote this because her walking in with, like, the Playboy bunny costume gave me very That reminded much... me of Legally Blonde. Yeah, I was just gonna say that, like... Yeah. So I think I wrote down, um, was Playboy bunny, Playboy bunny feminism, question mark? Because, like, it's, like, after the Playboy bunny scene mm-hmm. in, like, Legally Blonde, where, like, she, Elle Woods decides, like, this is what I'm gonna do! And, like, after, mm-hmm. like, the Playboy bunny scene in Bridget Jones, it's like, yep. okay, I'm changing my life right now. Yeah. Which is fine, but... I think what's even more messed up is that this quote-unquote Uncle Jerry, who the hell is he, first of all? Oh my god, he kept grabbing her ass the whole time. Why did he even Oof, that's something that didn't age well. Like, tart, like, oh yeah, dress like a prostitute or a priest. Like, what the hell? I I love a good theme party. That's not fun. I actually remember reading a book that, like a, a book, I think it was set in Britain, um, I think it was, like, I forget what the book was, um, but it was, like, a teenage book where, like, that was, like, the theme of a party, but it was something similar where it's just, like, oh, you're gonna dress, like, super trashy, like, wear a black bra under your white tank top and nothing else and that sort of thing, but even in the book, I gotta, I gotta look it up. Yeah, I forget like, what it was. It was like a it was like a teen book that was about bullying, but anyway, so that was one of the ways that they, like, bullied this, like, group of girls where they told them that was the party and then they just ended up taking pictures and then they're like oh my god look at you guys you look like whores that's like yeah, yeah like why would especially like because it's not just like okay if it was Bridget and her friends like I would totally get it like okay like let's dress for, like let's dress kind of trashy with our friends but it was a bunch of like people who were like clearly in their 40s 50s or 60s yeah it was, it was, it was a little weird yeah it was really weird um and yeah this uncle jerry guy did not age well i don't know who who he was supposed to be i feel like he wasn't supposed to age well anyway well it was just i keep like because bridget jones is like so blase about it she's just like oh this person who has to call me uncle jerry and has always been grabbing my butt and it was like everywhere like yeah and because she was so just like rolling her eyes about it like oh here we go again it was just like is this normal like in other, like, to other people, like, I've never, like, I'm very lucky in the fact that none of my family, like, we don't, we didn't have a quote-unquote funny uncle that was, mm-hmm. like, weird around girls. Yep. Like, My dad so- sent me to karate, so that's how that would have been dealt with, I think, was his plan. Yeah, like, I don't, 
Like, I get, it's just one of those, like, how commonplace was this kind of thing? Yeah, especially, it was also weird because he, like, he did it at parties. Like, I think his wife had to swat his hand away at some point. That was just, like, like, 19 years later, like, that, that, like, you couldn't do that in a movie and have him have absolutely no repercussions, like, nowadays. And I'm kind of surprised that, that nothing happened with that in this movie, anyway. Yeah, that's something that, oof, that didn't age well. The com- just complete disregard for any type of sexual harassment in this movie. Oh my gosh, the workplace. Just, let's t- let's wow. also talk about the uh, the light blue plastic Mac the Macintosh computers that were there. Oh my god, yes. But um, I like I oh kind of god. wish those computers like still existed. They well, looked so cute. Even though I'm a PC gal myself, they looked so cute. Also, um, the gaslighting of Bridget on I keep wanting to call him Wickham whoever Hugh Grant played uh, Daniel we Flavor. all know he's Wickham like yep, that, he's that's Wickham. fucking obvious yeah but like the gaslighting of Bridget where she like shows up at his apartment and it's just like is someone here and he's just like no you're just crazy then she the, the, the chick he was cheating on her with or cheating with her on or I have questions about that but anyway she's just like chilling in the bathroom naked looking over documents just chilling in the bathroom like she's like she's so okay with it like and like, like she I, is just chilling oh my gosh and her one comment being like i, I, I thought you said she was thin which first of uh, all let me say bridget jones looks like she's like a size six which is about yeah. like a little smaller than average i think like yeah. average is around like eight or ten like some argue that it would be 12 i think around like eight or ten mm-hmm. is safe to argue that is average Bridget Jones looked like she's a size 6 which is again pretty fine and I liked the fact that Bridget Jones looked like a real person yeah she looked like a real person yeah oh my god that just made me so sad and then and then when he's like talking to her about it she's like oh well you know we're actually engaged and you know with her being so young and I was just like wow who taught you how to talk to people because that's not how you fucking do it also, Renee Zellweger did not look 32 in this movie. She looked like she, she did was, not. She was like 25. Like she is adorable, and I love her. Um, anyway, but yeah. Oh, oh yeah. So speaking of that scene, um, so like, so he says that they were engaged, or they are engaged, and she lives in America. But, so, and he lives in London, and she seemed so chill with the fact that, like, this other woman was in his apartment and, like, clearly had been dating him. And so, like, my question is, like, was it, like, an open relationship and, like, he just didn't tell her? Did did people use the word polyamory back in 2001? I don't think so. But, like, yeah, like, she, like, the the other woman's so calm. And, like, I know some people who have, like, long-distance relationships like that where, like, that's a thing where it's, like, an open relationship because, like, that's really hard. Um, Mm -hmm. Especially when you want snuggles, it's really hard if, like, the other person's across the country or, you know, across the world. So, like, that would make sense, but it's, like, I, I feel like it's common practice to, like, make it clear to the person that you're, like dating like hey i'm engaged this is just for fun but he just didn't do that and that just like uh 
can I just say, like, I, so, like, for the most part, I do kind of root for Bridget, for the most part. Like, I mm-hmm. do root for her. And, yeah. like, this workplace clearly isn't that great. It clearly seems yeah. like a dead-end job. Okay, clearly everybody just openly hated this guy because they were cheering her on when she was oh like, I'd rather gosh. wipe Saddam Hussein's ass than work for you. Oh, Iconic God, line that. for quitting, keeping that in my back pocket. Um. I, I mean, you're going to have to find someone else besides Saddam Hussein at this point. But Oh, yeah, that's true. But, like, um, I'd rather wipe so-and-so's ass than work for you. That's just, like, can we say a Donald great Trump? comeback. Like, Donald Trump. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Like, oh, yeah. I think, like, this work, like, the workplace was clearly toxic. But Bridget Jones should have been fired. <laughs> Realistically, she should have been fired. But, like, that's the weird thing is it's, like, she was being sexually harassed for, like, wearing a short skirt. Like, any reasonable person would be like, hey, um, your shirt's, your, your, yeah, your skirt's a little short. Could you, like, fix that a little bit? But instead, he just, like, sexualized her and then, like, did just, like, ugh. She, yeah, you're right. She should have been like, at least spoken to about, like, her outfit choices, because they were not professional-looking at all, especially oh when gosh, she wore the no. see-through brow- blouse. That would have been um, really cute at like, a club. Yeah, that would have been great at a club, but not for work. Um, and then just the fact that she very clearly does not give a shit about the work and is taking, like, personal calls when she should be on the phone with, like, press releases. Yeah. That was more of the thing that I had an issue with, like, because, I mean, the... She, yeah, she should have probably gotten a letter if, like... I don't know about the skirt, personally. The see-through shirt, she clearly did that to get his attention again. Oh, yeah, she clearly did that to get his attention, but, like, I wish somebody else had been like, hey, maybe don't dress like that at work. Yeah. Um, But she should have gotten, like, a letter from HR being like, I'd like to remind you about your... Yeah, exactly. Like, that was the surprising thing. Exactly. Like, every workplace has a dress code like that, and usually, yeah, like, wearing see-through items of clothing is generally frowned upon in most workplaces, for better or for worse. But yeah, like, that was just kind of unrealistic that, like, HR didn't talk to her about that. Also, like, why are all the people in this movie, like, for the most part, just kind of assholes to her for shits and gigs? Like, when she struggles to turn on the microphone, and the guy's just like, oh, (laughs) click, the microphone was off, dumbass. I was like, she's like, you, there, you, you didn't have to be so snotty about it. Yeah, the thing. Okay, I'm also confused about what Bridget Jones. Like speaking on that, I'm confused as to what Bridget Jones's title was because she clearly was supposed to be some sort of host at this press release party. Okay, fine. Like maybe she like is marketing or like media coordinator, and maybe that's why she was able to make the switch to television. Maybe. However, she should have known the basic things, like, she should have been a part of the setup. Like, this shouldn't have been a party where she just attended in a really cute, um, yeah. dress. Like, yeah. she clearly had to give a speech about, like, oh, we're so happy to be working with this author, like, this is such an interesting story. Like, you could probably make up, like, anyone who works in books, you could probably, if she, like, her job title is something like media or marketing, which I think they allude to, it is a little bit, just based on the few word clues that they give us. Like, mm-hmm. her just being like, this is a book that's okay, and, um... <laughs> this is a book that exists. Like, uh, we, we get it. It's not that big. It's not that great. We get it. Like, <laughs> It's not that good. <laughs> yeah. And, like, 
she should have known to turn on the stupid microphone. Like, that should have been her first clue. I, I don't know. I mean, like, if you're not used to using sound equipment, I would, I mean, if I've been working with sound equipment for a long, for a long time, because, like, I was in theater in high school, and, like, I've helped with shows, like, at the summer camp that I used to work at, blah, 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 like, basically, like, I know my way around, like, a sound stage, and I know my way around a microphone, but, like, if I didn't know that, I don't think my first thought would be, the microphone's not working, maybe I should turn it on, it would probably be like, um, um, sound guy, what do I do? Where are you? So, I don't know, I can kind of forgive that, because she's, she's not part of the initiated crowd, I guess. I suppose. And, I don't know. I mean, it was still kind of obvious, like, did you check if it was on? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah, and, like, okay, I, but I love that, like, Zayner, where, like, she's thinking to herself, oh, introduce people at parties that are really nice, like, in, like, extended ways, and, like, she says, like, the thing of, like, this is the person who bosses me around. And this is the guy that insulted me while he was wearing a rainbow sweater. Where he was wearing a reindeer, a Rudolph the Rendos reindeer sweater. <laughs> yep. Like, I loved that Zayner. I loved the thought she had in her head. Because we've totally, every, I feel like yeah. any person has been in that kind of situation where, like, you're at a party and you have to introduce people. Maybe it's work. Maybe it's, like, school related. Or it's just somewhere where you just have to be nice to people. And you're just like, I want to say the awful things about you, and I just can't. Yeah, but let's be real. Lizzie Benny, Lizzie Benny, Lizzie Bennett would have said there. She would have figured out she a way to do it. She would have went there. Well, she would have figured out a way how to do it without them realizing that they were being insulted. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. I don't so, know. After he said the thing about her running around naked in his yard, I would have been like, yeah, and you wore an embarrassing jumper at the Christmas party, so maybe we're not all that yeah also like now that it like looking back like i think my first um thing that i wrote about mark darcy was how can you be grumpy wearing a rain wearing a reindeer sweater <laughs> like right like how yeah who hurt you also when he like insults her outfit like how dare he like yeah he's wearing something she's wearing something her mom gave her you're wearing something your mom i know that was so unfair but i also think that was just like mom please stop trying to set me up with people oh also can we talk about the diet racism at the beginning where the mom is talking about like oh yeah he was married to a japanese woman or or yeah i think that's what it was the cruel race and it was like oh, oh what? Like, what does he? What does that even mean? First of all, what does that mean? Second of all, I don't think that was okay to say back in two thousand one, and I'm just surprised nobody said anything about it, like in the movie. Yeah, that and was then, just. Like, I mean, like you're definitely you're clearly not supposed to like the mom right off from the start when she says that, and, but it was just like okay, we're just being racist right now. Okay, well, it's like. <sighs> I don't understand why, like, because at the end, when, like, we find out what actually happened, Mm -hmm. um, like, she keeps on referring to her as the Japanese wife, and it's like, why are you doing that? Why is that, why is her being Japanese at all relevant to the story? Why is that at all relevant? And, like, I You mean the cheating wife? That would have made sense to say. And you could argue, like, that, like... Mark Darcy's first wife is like really the only person who isn't white in this entire movie. 
Yep. And she's seen as, like, someone who, like, cheated. And, like, Yeah, it was just, ugh. And it would be, okay, it would be one thing because, like, if they never mentioned, like, his wife's race and, like, there were, like, pictures of them and she happened to be, like, an Asian woman, like, Japanese or Chinese... Or, like, any other kind of race. But, like, the fact that they keep on referring mm-hmm. to her is, like, her Japanese. I just think of the, like... Yeah, and and literally every other person in this freaking movie is white. I just think of, like, the Madam Butterfly thing, where, like, yeah. Asian women are hypersexualized. Yeah. And it just, like, I feel like it, it's one of those, like, again, it's diet, because you don't think it's that bad, but it just reinforces those kind of ideas. Exactly, yeah. Like, it, it's... Yeah, it's diet racism, and it, it, like, really bothers me. I've noticed that a lot in movies from, like, the 2000s and 90s, and they, it just, it really, really bothers me. Yeah, and it's, like, none of the, it's, it's very frustrating, because Mm -hmm. the times when you have, like, the quote-unquote diet racism, like, it's never a funny moment. No, it's not. It's never a funny joke. It's never... And and it's always completely unnecessary to the story. Yeah, like... Like, the comments about her race were completely unnecessary. Uh Mm-hmm. Like, if we had... Okay, say... Say we had Bridget Jones was actually... Was actually, like, of Japanese descent... Mm-hmm. I think, like, what would be funny is, like, having to see someone, like, deal, like, I think this could be the way that I think you could put in, like, oh my gosh, this woman is hor- horrendously racist, is if you, in this, into this kind of storyline, mm-hmm. is if you had, like, say, Bridget Jones's best friend was of Japanese descent. Oh, yeah, and they didn't have, like, a best friend character. They Sorry, did, keep going. But she was like the girl that like cried and smoked cigarettes in the bathroom She's, at like, work. She's like in the movie, and that was it. She was like she, in the movie for two seconds at the beginning, and yeah. like the okay. last like ten minutes, and that was it. But anyway, back to your point. I think would be could be funny if you want to poke fun at like old like old white racist parents, which is I think that's a mm-hmm. fine thing to poke fun at. Yeah. Maybe and keep in mind, I am a white woman, so like totally open to new ideas is what if, like, if the best friend was of Japanese descent and, like, the mom kept on being, like, I want, like, oh, do we have tea? We don't have any green. I know you like green. And it's, like, because, like, like oh. she thinks that, like, and I just, if you had, like, looks between, like, um, the best friends and, If like, you acknowledge it and you acknowledge that it's not okay, that's different. Yeah. But, like, just saying it off the cuff is just... Yeah. It, it doesn't make the story... It, it's not good it doesn't make the story any better also yeah but like like we were saying i'm sorry to keep bringing it back to this but like when your movie has the diversity of the republican national convention i wouldn't start shit talking the diverse characters that you have yeah same and like i would love to see like in that kind of scenario that i was talking about earlier where it's like the best friend is like rolling their eyes if like Mm -hmm. at the end like the best friend like goes like you know what i hate green tea and I like scones with extra butter on it because guess what? I'm British. Yes, I'm ja- Yes, my parents are Japanese, but I'm from England. Like if they, ha- if she had it like, and like mm-hmm. just laid it in on the like, yeah, like that kind of thing where like yes, you have like the like diet racist parents, and then like 
but you, but they end up being the butt of the joke. Like they have to be the butt of the joke. That's yeah, the diet racism works. diet racism should be the butt of the joke. It shouldn't be the the starter for the joke, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like there was yeah. Other than the fact that oh, we need someone who's not white in this movie. Like there was no reason why Mark's like. There was no reason to bring it up. And yeah. yeah, that's like ba- that's basically what it is. Like there was no reason to bring it up. There was no reason to call it a cruel race. That line also just really. Mm, is that like a World War Two sentiment? I thing? have no idea. But also, like her parents were definitely not in World War Two, so no, there's also that. Not. Also, just the body shaming in this movie did not age well. No. Just, okay. <sighs> I'm not going to mention the numbers of Bridget Jones's weight because I know so many people get like triggered by numbers as when it comes mm-hmm. to weight. But yeah, they brought it up a lot in this movie, and as someone okay. who has been triggered by numbers for their weight, I did not appreciate the weight that I can tell you right now that I weigh 20 pounds. I am like I I'm totally fine with this out being out in the open. I am about a size six most days. Some days I'm a size mm-hmm. eight. Like if it's day after Thanksgiving, I'm a size 8, like, deal with it, um, but most days I run between, like, a 6 and a 7. I am still 20 pounds heavier than, like, Bridget Jones being, quote, Bridget Jones, quote-unquote, fattest weight. Like, her weight yeah. is actually the healthy weight of someone that would be of her height and of her build, and so her mm-hmm. constantly being, like, oh, 20 pounds, like, I need to lose 20 pounds, and, the, like, yeah. the constant body shaming, I think, is just, yeah. it's very unnecessary, and I think it's yeah. very unhealthy, because just based on the way that they shot at least Bridget Jones's frame, where, like, her shoulders are a little bit wider, she is someone that has a little bit more bust, a little bit more, like, mm-hmm. junk in the trunk, which is, like, Yeah, fine. she's a busty That's... woman, and she she's gorgeous, like, she's a busty woman, and she mm-hmm. has a flattering like hourglass figure but like yeah yeah and i think like on one hand it's like it's diet culture which was very in in the 2000s oh like, it was like in to be yeah skin and bone back in the early 2000s and yeah 90s. Mm-hmm. like but the her quote-unquote goal weight i feel like would actually granted i'm not a doctor i'm not a dietitian i feel like it would almost be unhealthy for yeah if, yeah her stature yeah, I feel like unless you're, if your doctor is telling you to lose weight, that's one thing. But, like, I, yeah, it's, she looks fine. She just wasn't confident in herself. But, again, I think it brings back to she wasn't confident in herself, and she thought, like, oh, if I make these, like, superficial changes to myself, then people will want me. And they also kind of bring that up in the movie where, like, these women, the women in the movie, like, her friends as well, have been constantly told by men, like, oh, if you were, like, thinner... If your boobs were bigger, if you stopped drinking so much, if you stopped smoking so much, and then to have a guy tell you, like, this was very in in the 2000s, 90s, just to have a guy tell you, no, I think you look great. Like, that shouldn't be the baseline. Which is so sad. That should, exactly. Like, that should not be the bar. That should not be the baseline. Somebody loving you the way you are. And here's the thing. I bought into it, like, while watching the movie of the whole, I love you just the way you are. Like, I so bought into it. And, like, I still kind of do. But that should not be the baseline. That shouldn't be the only requirement. And that's, I like that in this movie that was, like, she wasn't like, you like me the way I am? Let me drop everything and be with you. Like, that was, like, her initial, like, huh, maybe you're not that bad. And I love that moment. Yeah. When she and there turns, are so many movies that do that. Yeah. And I love that moment where she turns 
down Hugh Grant's character. Yes, because he's, ugh, he's the worst. And both for Fitzwilliam Darcy and for Mark Darcy, I am so happy that Mark Darcy got to beat him up. Yes, for oh my god. For both of theirs. And, like, okay, can we talk, why did the friends just invade, like, the Greek restaurant and be like, there's a fight, you should get involved. Like, yep, that was, why did that he go was there? insane. That was and, pretty crazy. Okay, I'm not a big fan, so I tried to actually listen to the soundtrack at, like, when I drove to work today. I'm not mm-hmm. the biggest fan of, like, just this kind of style of music. I'm gonna get a lot of hate on it, and that's fine. I loved it in context with the movie. Like, the, mm-hmm. it's raining men! Well, they're, like, hallelujah, like, it's beating, raining be- men. beating each other up in, like, a, uh, <laughs> London, like, alley. Yes. I feel like if Jane, o- like, that's kind of the thing that, like, Jane Austen wished she could have had for... Jane Austen would have wanted it this way, yeah. And I like how, like, the few times they kind of alluded to the fact that this was based on Jane Austen was kind of cute. Like, when mm-hmm. Hugh Grant's character was like, what, do you want, like, do you want me to draw my pistol or my sword? Like, and it was like, yeah, well, mm-hmm. this is kind of based on that time. Yeah, I think it's just important to acknowledge that this is very loosely based off of that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the other thing that I like is, like, when Elizabeth, because back in Jane Austen's day, it was like, yes, we are getting married, that is it, like, I mm-hmm. like how it's, you know what, I like you too. I would love if we could go on a date. I love how that's mm-hmm. the starting point. Yeah. I agree. I-, I love the ending where he sees her diary and he sees all the mean things he said about she said about him and he leaves and she's like, Oh my god, did I mess it up? And he just comes back with a with a blank diary and he's like, I guess we'll have a fresh start and I was just like Yes. I was so panicking. Oh my so gosh. cute. And especially, I like, remember just thinking, I was just like, but he's Mr. Darcy and she's Lizzie Bennet. Like, they have to end up together. Yeah. Right. The last half, the last half of the movie is like where the story goes from being predictable to like not. And I love how like yeah. when they like announce like, oh, our like our new in law like going to New York, and she just yells, no, like I can't. Mm-hmm. Like I love how she just yells it and then she's like this would be a great loss for our country like i like that's her wit that's like the elizabeth bennett style wit like finally mm-hmm. like playing up for her and like exactly. i love those movements and i just wanted yeah. more of it i just wanted more of that it's like they took the lydia plot line that happens at the end and they put it at the beginning and then mm-hmm. had lydia turn into lizzie yeah, like, it's just, it's like if Lydia ran off with Mr. Darcy. Like, exactly. It's if Lydia got some sense and, like, yeah. Normally, like, Colleen, when I, like, whenever we watch similar things, we'll text each other. Like, we, like, I think mm-hmm. both of us rewatched Avatar over this past summer and yes. we're texting each other constantly about so good. it. The hardest part about doing this podcast right now is not texting each other. Yep, because we want to wait until now. Oh, um, the quitting, the scene where she quits. And she tells him off, and then everybody, and then, like, basically every woman in the office is just like, yeah, you go, girl. That was the best scene in the movie, and for me, that's, like, the turning point in the movie where, like, I started to actually kind of care what happened. Because the rest of it was so predictable, where it's just like, yeah, he's gonna be a creepy creep, he's clearly Wickham. I kind of wish I hadn't read Pride and Prejudice and, like, knew it was based off of Pride and Prejudice when I originally saw this movie. I, I wonder if, I, if that affected watching it. 
Yeah, I wonder if I just kind of took this as a... I feel like if I had just taken this as like, oh, this is a early 2000s rom-com, if I would have liked it more. I know, that's what, how I felt when I was watching it the second time. Because the first time I watched it, yeah, I kept thinking like, oh, this is Pride and Prejudice, this is Pride and Prejudice. And then it's like, this ain't Pride and Prejudice. But then the second the, the second time I've watched it, I'm like, oh, this is like a good rom-com. Yeah. And uh, so like the thing that I think I liked that I feel like Jane Austen would have appreciated it is because there's mm-hmm. very, I feel like there's very few things in this movie that Jane Austen would have appreciated. Granted, I did not, I did not know the woman, wish that I had, but mm-hmm. I feel like the thing that I appreciate was the love story of the parents when they come back together and like oh yeah when like they're like talking and making up and like the mom is just going you know up close he really almost looks purple like <laughs> making fun like she's also making fun of the fake tan and then like she's like will you take me back and she just goes and he's just like i don't think he just goes i don't think i can and like she's sad and she's like I think I wrote it down. I'm joking, you daft cow. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was nice to see after like watching the other Pride and Prejudice adaptations, seeing two parents who like love each other. Yeah, and it's like it's fine that like there's. <laughs> look, I mean, like it must have been very hard. Like genuinely, like when parents separate, even as adults, like I can understand that it's very very difficult, and it mm-hmm. really like messes you up a little bit. But I think the whole like having to like just be away from each other for a little bit and then come back to each other I feel like that happens a lot in in like long-term relationships Mm -hmm. eventually it's just like and like I love how when they come back together like there's like they get to joke around with each other again yeah oh my god speaking of long-term relationships like in the beginning of the movie she's just like do you love me? And he's like, we've been dating since, like, Tuesday, and it's Thursday. Um, this isn't a long-term thing. And then she goes around calling him her boyfriend. I, all, all I could think was, honey, no. No. Oh, my God. Yeah. If, if someone makes it clear that they, like, they don't want a long-term thing, don't kid yourself and think you can change that, because that's how you get your heart broken. Oh, and I was, like, totally that girl. I remember, like, this one time in college. I, I feel bad. I feel like all my stories are college-based, but... Some, <laughs> it's fine. Some of my 20s have been stolen from me just because of coronavirus, so there's that. Um, Mood. It's, like... I remember, like, I, like, once was talking and flirting with this guy, and, like, the next day I, like, tried to, like, find him on, like, social media and, like, talk to him later, and he clearly was, like, not interested, and it was just, Aww. like, getting so bummed out by it. <laughs> So I kind of felt that when she was just like, we're going to be together forever, and, like, ends up getting used. Yeah. Granted, like, that, Bridget Jones is in a much worse situation. I was just, I was just bummed out, like, (laughs) 19-year-olds. I was just bummed. (laughs) I was a bummed out 19-year-old. Bridget Mm -hmm. Jones was taken advantage of by her boss. They are not equal. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. The, uh, the power dynamic was so icky and the fact that he was already known as a womanizer just made it even worse yeah Mm, i wanted to hear more of her diary parts i know i wanted to hear more of it like at a higher volume than what they said it as because they said it way too quiet my or maybe i just have old people ears because i could not hear it your hearing has been um damaged by the subway 
I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. So, I think with the modern adaptations, I think we have to think to ourselves, is this Jane approved? Because I think we have to think about the true mm. spirit mm-hmm. of it. And yeah. I think we can both agree that this is essentially Lydia, if Lydia was yeah. the heroine of Pride and Prejudice. Um, so, do you, so Colleen, do you think this adaptation is Jane approved? Hmm. I mean, if we think of it like that, uh, I just, hmm, I don't know. Because again, it's, it's a good rom-com. Honestly, the more we talk about it, the more I like it. Um, Mm -hmm. it's a good rom-com if you don't think of it as a Pride and Prejudice adaptation. So, I mean, it also doesn't have a lot of the social commentary that Jane Austen purposefully put into her work. And uh, so, I I don't know. I think as a movie it would be Jane approved, but as, like, a retelling of Pride and Prejudice, I don't think it would be. In my honest opinion, um, again, I have never met Jane Austen. Um, I feel like Jane Austen would like the story, but I think she would say, this isn't my story, but I like it. I love how you keep saying I've never met Jane Austen as if you have a time machine and you could go back and have met her and be like, actually, I got a quote from Janie herself right here. Let me tell you. Um, You keep doing this disclaimer. It's just like, girl, she died like two centuries ago. It's fine. I watch a a lot of fantasy and sci-fi. I'm sorry. I don't know. I try to escape the world man through fantasy and sci-fi, and I guess Jane Austen in early 2000s rom-coms, so, uh, (laughs) anything's possible in those worlds. Mood. You're right, you're right. Um, yeah, so I do not think it's Jane Austen approved. I'm looking for my notes, because I feel like I missed something. Oh, so when this opened, I saw the Miramax logo, Mm -hmm. and... All I could think was, oof, that didn't age well. And now that we're talking about all the sexual harassment stuff, I find it incredibly ironic that this was produced by Miramax and therefore produced by Harvey Weinstein. The irony is both horrifying and hilarious. But it also makes sense, especially, like, how, like, Bridget Jones is just so blasé about getting, um... Yeah. Like, just, like, I don't care. Just, like, oh. Here, here comes the weird, like, family friend who has to squeeze my butt. It's like, what Right? The, what like, the oh hell? my god. I want to punch him. Oh, and I love, like, the scenes when, like, Bridget Jones is just, like, at her lowest, and she's just, I think, like, there's something, like, some people choose this, some people choose this. I choose vodka. I choose vodka. vodka. And it was just, like, <laughs> I love that mood. Like, <laughs> I was like, yes, queen. <laughs> because it's one of those, like, I like Bridget. I feel like I only like Bridget when she's alone in her apartment. Like, yeah, better. I like her better when she's not with a man. Or just, like, in her apartment, like, doing whatever. Or just, like, the lip sync scene I love. Or The lip sync scene was so relatable. Especially now, like. Especially now, because there's nothing to do, so I just lip sync. And people are in their pajamas all day. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's one of those, like, I think smoking is disgusting and awful. But, like, when she, like, has to get ready and she has, like, the cigarette butt, like, while she's saving her life. Oh, yeah, she's shaving her, like, the getting ready montage. Yeah. Those always make me so sad, because I always think of the sexy getting ready ready song from Crazy Mm Ex-Girlfriend. 
where it's like all the the work you have to go through the the women have to go through to get everything done oh and the spank not they weren't spanks but like the, the granny panties top, granny panties. oh yeah oh my god when she was using the wax strip all i could think was oof no honey get a pro to do that don't do that yourself what are you doing no no well, I liked how, like, when she was, like, trying to read it, and it was just clearly that the look of, like, I have no idea what's going I on. I don't know what's doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, the whole scene where she's just like, oh, no, he found out that I'm wearing space. Like, I should have packed a spare pair of undies. Oh, my God. That was so sad. That was so cringy. It was and he made fun of her for it. I'm like, oh, my God. I just start crying. See, I, it was, like, I thought it was so funny. Like, so funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it was really funny, but I kept thinking, I'm like, if this happened to me, I probably would start crying. And I love, like, how, like, Bridget Jones is clearly trying to be, like, the classy, like, oh, here I am. And, like, Mm -hmm. the moment where she has her hair wrapped up in the scarf, and then Mm -hmm. she lets it go, like, it's a Grace Kelly movie, and she ends up with insane hair, and, like, she lost probably, like, a $20 scarf, like, or sorry, a 20-pound scarf. As someone who has had those moments where you're like, oh, I look so great, and then you find out, like, something's wrong with your outfit, like, your shirt wasn't tucked in, or, like, that's happened to me before. Like, I distinctly remember this one time in high school where I was, like, walking around, and I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm in a new, new outfit, I'm in a new top with new, like, pants, and I look great, and then some, and then, like, sat down in class, and someone was, and, like, some girl tapped me on the shoulder and was just like, you have tags sticking out of the back, do you want me to get them? And I was just like, motherfucker. I find that scene very relatable because of this. Also in high school, I think I went three periods with my shirt being inside out and no one told me. Oh, no. I hate when that happens when you're like, why didn't anybody, why did you all wait so long to tell me? Well, and I think it was especially weird because, like, so I was was kind of an outcast in high school. And, like, so therefore, like, no one told me. (laughs) Like, and it was just like, what? Like, no. And of course, my tiny, like, guys, I'm fine now. It's fine. But, like, back then especially, (laughs) like, it's one of those, like, oh my gosh. Like, I'm even more of an outcast because I'm the weirdo who showed up, who showed up with an inside-out shirt. Mm -hmm. Or, like, when you had, like, uh, like, there was, like, one time in high school, it didn't last very long, but I would try to wear makeup to school, and then I realized I could save, like, a lot of time that could have been spent sleeping which is why I did not wear makeup very long after this but like one of the issues I would have was like if I tried to use a foundation there were some girls in my school who managed to get like a really solid foundation and like there were I don't know some type of witchcraft but some type of magic was involved but I just remember like I would try to do my makeup like that and like I just I don't think I, honestly, I don't think I spent enough actual time doing it, or I just didn't have the tools that I needed, but I just remember, like, I would, like, go th- halfway through the day, I'd go to the bathroom and be like, oh my god, my makeup is so blotchy, it's not blended, and so then I stopped doing my makeup because I was bad at it. No, that's, like, a similar thing happened where I didn't really wear make I didn't wear makeup that much in high school, mm-hmm. like, because I was so scared of mismatching, but then I tried to wear, like, I remember I never wore a lip gloss because I was a total band nerd. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah. I didn't want to get lipstick lip gloss on my clarinet. I did it yep. once, and it was awful. Uh, oh, yeah, it's disgusting. And then I, like, I tried to wear, like, eyeshadow, and I remember getting insulted, like, being like, oh, you're wearing makeup? And it was, again, just, like, brown sparkly eyeshadow that, like, 
like nothing crazy mm -hmm. and like yeah. people saying like stuff because oh you didn't wear brown sparkly eyeshadow yesterday oh my god oh god i remember high school oh my god yeah okay that that was just like what happened all right so colleen with the kind of conversations we're having with this episode i feel yes. like we both enjoy bridget jones we respect bridget jones yes we, we both are bridget jones or we have had bridget jones moments but but it's not I don't Pride think and Prejudice. It's not Pride and Prejudice. And I say this with so much love. I do mm -hmm. love this. Like, I think this is a really yeah. fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not Pride and Prejudice. No. It's a great girls' night movie. Yes. I think I like it better on the second watch, now that I know it not to expect it to be like Pride and Prejudice. I, um, I'm gonna see if that's the case. I may watch it again this weekend. Why not? Yeah. Okay. Um, Alright, so I think we should still do our awards because I of think course, our awards are course. fun. Um, yes, I like our awards. Okay, so most clueless award. Bridget Jones. <laughs> yeah, I think I think she gets the most clueless award. She was just had no idea what was going on in the entire movie, pretty much. Yeah. And he, like, including profession with her friends, with her parents, with her mm -hmm. love life. Just all around. She just seemed very, yeah. Money clearly did not exist in Bridget Jones' world because her financial yeah. situation was fine, apparently. Yeah, uh, like she never had any money worries. Yes. And I think, okay, I, yeah. And again, I think Bridget Jones has Elizabeth Bennet moments with her wits. Yeah. Especially, like, the later half, she has yes. Elizabeth Bennet moments, but for the most part, she's... I'm yeah. curious to see if more of those are in the book. I'm willing... I'd be curious to see that, too. Yeah. I'm willing to read the book to figure out to see if maybe if there's more of that kind of thing. I also wonder if in the book, I obviously haven't read it, but I would wonder in the book if she's doing broadcast journalism or if she just becomes a journalist... Because part of me thinks that they might have had her do specifically, like, broadcast journalism in the movie purely because it allows for physical comedy. Yeah, that is Because, yeah, possible. that was super in in the 2000s, I remember. I mean, like, Princess Diaries was a 2000s movie, and, like, Mia Thermopolis falls, like, every five seconds, which is hilarious, but, like, that, that's, like, that was just really popular then, so that, that's, like, my... A theory that I have. Obviously, I haven't read the book, so I have no idea if I'm correct or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then I think it's very obvious to everyone, like, okay, this guy is a sleazeball. Even if you haven't really read Pride and Prejudice, like, and don't mm -hmm. immediately associate the Hugh Grant character, Daniel Cleaver, as Mr. Wickham, her, like, her, like, he clearly is lying about, like, oh, he, uh, he slept with my fiance. Like, that's, it was a I, it was just one of those, yeah. like, you really don't see that. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. yeah. And then, so... Oh, yeah, that's, that, that line where he's like, I have to take you out to dinner now, whether you want to or not. I was like, ooh, oh, okay. I, oh, um, oh, my gosh. That didn't age well. Yeah, the sexual harass... Yeah, so, just, like, blatant sexual harassment. So the chamber wow. pot... The thing that didn't age well the most. Originally, in the first shot, I was gonna say, "Oh, the smoking everywhere," and it turned out to be mm -hmm. the blatant sexual harassment. Yep. Like, mm -hmm. I getting wish... sexually harassed by your boss, having to leave your job because you screwed your boss. 
Oh my gosh, yeah. And, like, not only that, but, like, just, like, again, like, the uncle that, like, he doesn't get that much screen time, and he doesn't get that much of an explanation, which makes it all yeah. the more worse. Like, yeah, oh it, my goodness. Like, the one, the, 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 it was just so bad, and then it's like, oh, he's been my, my funny uncle my entire life, and it's like, so, so has he been, like, molesting you your entire life? Like, what? Like, because all we see is the groping. Is there more than the groping? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's like, it, it, there's a the lot of questions. Yeah, the groping was really bad. It, it made me like super uncomfortable. It made um, me very uncomfortable. Yeah, um, the body shaming also did not age well at all. Like, if this movie came out nowadays, she definitely would have had one friend who was like, "Let's blast some Lizzo, and dance in our and dance in our pajamas and be all body positive." Or even self love. What's the song? Oh, and a dance with somebody. Yeah, Whitney Houston. Bless some Whitney Houston. Yeah, like and yeah, like love yourself. There would definitely would have been more like love yourself, less diet culture, more just loving yourself. Which is I, what the movie's about, but it doesn't say that explicitly, which is kind of sad. Yeah, because I think like it definitely has like the core theme because the core theme is of like Pride and Prejudice is like trying to find like marry for happiness like find mm-hmm. your happiness um granted yes it is through the lens of having to marry that was the society jane austen lived in that yeah. was her world um and like the whole thing with bridget jones is like bridget jones had to be happy with herself before she could be with mark, mark darcy yeah. mm-hmm. but it just goes about it in such like a different way than mm-hmm. the actual story and yeah you miss so much of the world where i love it it's not pride and prejudice and yeah I think the other thing is just the constant smoking. Like the constant smoking was definitely the oh yeah this was this was the two thousands back when people yeah. like, smoked. And I uh, really. so I grew up with a smoker actually like I grew up with family that oh, yeah. was still smoking. Um, and it's like I just I have such strong memories of that smell. <laughs> <laughs> and I have such strong memories of that smell. Like I remember I was once on a camping trip and my brother's friend who she only like smokes when she has it when she gets drunk was like smoking while Mm -hmm. i was eating she's like oh i'm sorry i try not to do that to people it's a bad habit because it's such like her habitual cue is when she's drinking she has to have Mm -hmm. a cigarette to which my brother said don't worry because of my mom don probably feels at home when she smells cigarette smoke like that's how much (laughs) (laughs) that's how much cigarette smoke like was in my home was in my home so I just, like, I was thinking of, like, oh, my gosh, the smell, like, that has to be reeking from her apartment. And I know... Oh, my God, yeah. Like, I was back in London back in, like, 2000, like, four, like, 12, I think. And, like, there was still rampant smoking everywhere. Uh, mm. But, yeah, the, but I wish... But the blatant thing was more the uh, the overt sexual harassment, both at work yeah. and, at, and during family life. Oh, yeah, okay. also the pressure, also, sorry, also the pressure from, like, everyone to get married. I feel like, not necessarily that that doesn't happen now, but I feel like it's mo- it's less obvious, or at least it's, like, a little, you don't get it so much from your friends, uh-huh. or they get, or, or you get the, so you're next from friends, as opposed to, so how's your love life? Why are you single? What's wrong with you? Yeah. I like to think that maybe it's just maybe we just have progressive friends, Colleen. Where like maybe no, we do, where it's just like 
Oh, like, no one really, like, pressures into it. Like, I, I feel like it's more frowned upon yeah. to do that now. Yeah. Which is like, leave her alone. Like, there's other things know. in her life, you know? Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, like, again, like, I, I'm in a portrait position where, like, I don't get those remarks because I am married, so I can't speak to that experience. But I like to think that that doesn't happen. Also, keep in mind that Colleen and I are still in our 20s, so... Yes, so we have no idea. Yeah, so, like, when, like, the age, like, like, Colleen and I are in our our mid-20s at this point, so this means is that some of our, like, some of our friends are, like, living with their parents, having to do Mm -hmm. retail jobs, and, again, like, there are some people, like, some of our friends who are now, like, married and lawyers, and, like, have, like... Or, like, in the middle of their doctoral degrees. Like, it's just, Mm -hmm. like, everyone in their mid-twenties is at such, like, a crazy different point that, like, no one expects anything of you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or at least that's the feeling that I get. Like, it's so, like, so many people do so many different things during their mid-twenties that there's no expectations as far as I can tell. Or at least in the year, like from the years 2019 on so far there have been like zero like expectations yep. of what should happen yeah um, or at least like if somebody was like so why are you single we're in it we're we're in a time now where people would just be openly like can you leave me alone i'm getting my doctorate or something like that yeah where like people would people wouldn't just take it the way bridget kind of just was like oh had no. to smile her way through it smile your way through it like i feel like people now would be just openly like hostile towards being spoken to mm-hmm. like that which is completely justified so uh, the lydia war the most annoying yes Part of me wants to say Judy just because she seems like a super needy friend in the beginning, but I feel like the most annoying is probably her mom. I was going to say Bridget Jones herself is the most annoying. <laughs> she is the most annoying and the most clueless character. I don't know. I feel I feel like it would be a tie between her and her mom because her mom is also really annoying. Like, her mom does not care about her daughter, like, at all. Like, and I get it, like, your child left the nest, blah, blah, blah. But you're not even asking her about how her day is because you're so wrapped up in your like in the fact that your marriage is boring right now. Yeah, and it's kind of weird that she's getting empty nester syndrome like ten years after her daughter grad grad her yeah. youngest daughter graduated college. But yeah, and after her her daughter's probably moved out like a while ago too, so it's kind of weird. Yeah, it's like a Christmas party where they meet. Um, so I don't know. I think like. Just because some of the things with it, like, Bridget Jones does, especially with her work and her career of, like, come on, like, pay That's attention. fair. She like, does make some pretty weird moves. That's fair. That's fair. Especially because it's one of those, like, what are you living for? Like... Yep. Because I would, like, especially with, like, kind of the other archetypes of what some people call, like, the woman child, where, like, she's a little bit too, like crazy and out like she's a little bit yeah. too immature for her age is like yeah. okay well at least she's into her career and at least she's into this like she has a yeah. life with her friends whereas Bridget Jones is just kind of stumbling about like with yeah no she, direction. she is kind of the woman child archetype yeah so like especially like some of the stuff like not knowing like what's going on with work and blah, like I just I can't mm-hmm. like I was just like can you not yeah I agree with that Next award is the Creepiest Creep Award. 
I mean, that's always the character based off of Wickham. Uncle Jeffrey. No, Uncle Jeffrey. Oh, Uncle Jeffrey. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He's he's the creepiest. There was a rich, like, Hugh Grant's, or, like, the Wickham character is a sleaze. He's sleazy. Yeah, you're right. He's sleazy, but, like, that dude was super creepy. creepy. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You win. What? I Like, I'm sorry. Okay. If this whole, like, priest and tarts party is a British tradition, I'm sorry. I hate it. No, thank you. It's weird. It's super weird. And, yeah. No, thank you. Also, why wouldn't you want to make sure that everybody who was coming to the party knew? And all, I thought that was so mean how they were just like, oh, she looks stupid. Guess we'll just make sure she stays like that even though we're at our home and could get her a different outfit easily. Yeah, her parents probably could have, like, driven back to, like... Her parents are the worst. But her dad's okay. But her mom is the worst. Oh, and his... Like, her dad in, like, the priest outfit. He was so cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love how it's like, well, at least I didn't spend as much as this guy, and he's, like, in the bishop outfit. Truth. Um, oh, my God. I'd be so mad. Okay. So, yes, we have our awards. Now, next week, we are diving mm-hmm. into the world of Hallmark Christmas movies with the classic from... Let's see if I can get the date on it. Oh, my gosh. This only came out last year. <laughs> In 2019. With a 2019 classic. Pride and Prejudice and Mistletoe. Ooh. Okay, so tune in next week. Come back next week for more. Bye. Bye.